All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for yet another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. And I need to change the picture here, but today is December 28th, 2023, and week 256. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say welcome back thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the lord and as i previously mentioned i still have last week's image up here but today's title is how do you know how do you actually know if what you believe and is true or not so without any further ado well we do have an early comment david says praise the lord my brothers hope everyone is having a blessed day in the lord so praise the lord to you too as well thank you for being one of the early comments and if there are any others I apologize if I'm missing them. But without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks, and we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. As always, let us go into a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, we thank you yet again, Lord, for blessing us, Lord, for how you've continually washed over us, Lord, for how you've uh, just kept us in your will. You've kept us uh, in your grace, in your mercy, Lord, in your peace. Lord, continue to keep our minds day by day, Lord. We're asking that uh, you would help us to keep our eyes stayed on you, that we would have that perfect peace that you spoke about. Lord, we're praying that no matter what happens to us in this life, continually remind us that there is a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm. Lord, we're praying for our unsaved family members, our unsaved loved ones, uh, that they would get on this train and uh, get saved, Lord, that uh, our lives will shine. The light that you've given us, it would shine and that people would see it and they would desire the same salvation. Lord, we're praying that uh, that we would first and foremost be saved. Lord, if nothing else in this world, we desire to be saved. Lord, we're praying that tonight you would increase in you alone and that we would all decrease. We're praying all these blessings in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, God bless each and every one of you and bear with us as uh, we are running late tonight. And uh, it's hard. Uh, uh, sorry, Tony. One second. They're saying they can't hear you. Um, and I think I know why. Yep, that is why. All right, they should be able to hear you now. Sorry about that, everyone. All right, can you guys hear <laughs> us? Hopefully we are good to go now. Um, yeah. You guys continue to pray for us. We're running We're running into all kinds of issues tonight. Um, but nonetheless, God is still good. He has still blessed us to uh, be, just to experience this wonderful occasion, just to uh, spend some time with you guys and so I pray that uh, everything is going correctly now, that everything is going smoothly. Uh, so again, God bless each and every one of you and continue to pray for us as we continue to pray for you. Um, God is wonderful. Uh, he has, uh, you know, regardless of what things in each of our lives we have to, we could be upset about, we could be discouraged about, we could be disappointed about. 
Uh, regardless of any of that, God has still been good. He has still blessed us. He has still uh, shed his love uh, and spread his love down upon us. So I thank God for that. Thank God for each of you. And um, I thank God for continuing to bless this Bible study for continuing to uh, bless his people with questions, with thoughts, with things that um, just, just we're wondering about. And so I thank God for each of you who have continued to ask questions uh, in our Zoom Bible study, continue to ask questions in uh, our Thursday uh, live stream Facebook Bible study. So uh, we're going to, I want to address some things tonight that have been asked. So you don't want to miss out. If you have something, by all means, ask. Um, ask and ye shall receive. I'll do the very best I can. If I don't know the answer, I will continue to look and seek the answer. And I will uh, get counsel myself if I don't know the answer. So I want to turn to the book. First uh, Peter chapter 4, and we're going to pick it up. Actually, let's go up to 17 and we'll work our way down. Uh, the first thing I want to I want to talk about two main things. Now we'll cover some other stuff, but two main things that I really want to hit tonight. Um, from and I won't have you read it tonight, Melvin, uh, but I will address it. Two main things. I want to talk about. Uh, what is a sinner? What is a sinner? And I also want to deal with how do we know we have received the Holy Ghost? Now, those are two important questions. And again, uh, we will cover some other things along with that. But those are two of the main things that I wanted to address uh, that, uh, that was asked. So let's pick this up uh, at verse 17. Now, before you read that, Melvin, the question is, how do you know? And the reason we know these answers is because we're going to look at it in the scripture. You know, a lot of people, they tell you they know so much and they'll come and they'll try to persuade you. But they really don't know. They're just giving you their opinion. See, we've got to be able to differentiate between what God's truth is and what someone's opinion is, including our own. I've said it so many times, my opinion does not matter. It does not matter when it comes to these scriptures. So we're going to deal with what a sinner is tonight. Uh, because many times people will tell you we are all sinners. People love to tell you that. People love to say, look, we're all sinners. And usually they're going to tell you this because they want to persuade you and encourage you and, and, and make you feel that it's okay for you to do wrong. See, if you tell someone, look, I, I messed up, I did this, I did that, 
you're better off not telling them because they're going to tell you, look, we're all sinners. So it's okay. Keep doing wrong, brother. Keep, keep doing wrong, my sister. So I want to look at what the scripture says on this. And uh, we were already late, so bear with us tonight. And we're going to get this thing rolling. So let's pick it up at verse 17, Mel. 1 Peter 4 and 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now, I want you to know, see, this is not my opinion. I want you to know the Bible breaks us into two groups. God now, he categorizes us into two groups. It's plain as day in this verse. You might have missed it, but I want to go back. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. God is going to deal with the church. Look at the two groups now. And if it first began at us, there's an us group. There is an us group. What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? There's two groups, us and them. See, I hope to God that you become a part of us. See, there are a lot of people who want to be in this us, but they don't want to do what us do. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to do what us do, what God tells us to do. A lot of people don't want to do that. See, if you go back now, we're not going to do it. I believe it's Matthew chapter 25. I believe, I believe I'm correct on that. Uh, Matthew 25, he talks about Jesus now. He talks about how God is going to separate those on his right hand from those on the left. Us versus them. Two groups. I'm telling you right now, it is sinners versus saints. It is sinners versus the righteous. The righteous versus the ungodly. Those who obey us and those who do not obey them. It's two groups. See, you don't want to be classified at the end of time as a sinner. You don't want to be there. I'm telling you now. Look, I know the scripture said all have sinned. See, we got to get this stuff straight. And don't allow someone to give you their opinion that has not been fact-checked by the word of God. See, this is a dangerous book to get wrong. See, you can get a lot of books wrong. It's all right if you get the history book wrong. If, if somebody asks you who created the light bulb, it's okay if you get it wrong. You can tell them. I hope you don't. But if you think, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln, it's okay. Look, you got the answer wrong. It's all right. But when it comes to this book, we won't escape if we get this wrong. We won't escape this. You don't want to die still a sinner. Now, I'm not saying 
you will never sin again. That's not what we're dealing with. See, let's read this because I want you to see what God's word says. Pick us up, Melvin, in verse 18, because uh, there are two groups that he just told us in verse 17, but somebody is still not going to accept that. See, it's time for God's people to accept his word. Pick us up in 18, Melvin. And if the righteous scarcely be saved. This is the first group. This is group one. If the righteous scarcely be saved. He said, People who are living right, people who are being obedient to God, people who are, uh, somebody's calling you a goody (laughs) two-shoes. Somebody's calling you, uh, (laughs) somebody's calling you holier than thou. I don't know who thou is yet, but they're calling you, you're holier than thou. You think, you think you're so holy. All because you're trying to do right. All because you're wanting to follow God. Look, you better get in that group. Somebody better start saying that about you. The righteous, he says, and if the righteous scarcely be saved. See, there's a group who are going to be saved. There is a group who will not be saved. It's only two groups. It's only two It is only two groups. You got God's kingdom and you got the devil's kingdom. It's only two groups. You do not want to die and you're still claiming to be a sinner. And more importantly, you don't want to die and God says you're a sinner. Now, we're not talking about have you ever sinned before? Because the Bible is plain. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But you don't want to die a sinner. And don't allow someone to deceive you in thinking it's okay to be a sinner. See, just think about how sin has shaped this entire world. God, after one sin, look at how the world changed. There used to be no rain. There used to be no thunder, no lightning, no hail, no snow. It it didn't used to be uh, 20 degrees, 12 degrees. It didn't used to be below zero. It didn't used to be 90 degrees, 100 degrees. It, It didn't used to be these things. We didn't used to have hurricanes. We didn't have sicknesses. See, Adam, they weren't sick in the Garden of Eden. Until sin entered, there was no death. Look at how much sin has changed this world. So for someone to persuade you that it's okay to sin, look, even the animals had to begin losing their life as a result of sin. God began to require sacrifices, blood sacrifices, And he only accepted that for a period of time because that's really not what he wanted. And then Christ had to come in the world and die for you and I. See, sin, sin is a dangerous thing. And we've all did it now. Make no mistake about it. But we should not live in sin. See, that's the difference. 
continually dwelling in sin. So he says, uh, back where we were in verse 18, he says, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, read for us, Melvin. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Two groups. He said, if the righteous people are just barely going to make, by the grace of God, because it's not, it's not because we're so good. It's not because of our righteousness. He told us in another place, he said, our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's good for nothing. It's still all because of Christ. We're just barely going to make it by the grace of God, by the skin of our teeth. We're going to just barely make it. So then he says, what do you think is going to happen to those ungodly people, to the sinners, to the people who say it's okay for you to live wrong? It's okay for you to be disobedient. Everybody else is doing it. It's okay for you to tell some little white lies. It's okay for you to steal. It's okay for you to fornicate. It's okay for you to break every commandment that God told you to follow. It's okay. He said, what do you think is going to happen to those people? You know what? I want to go see. Let's go back to the book of Ezekiel. We're going to run back to the Old Testament. Now, we find the same point in the Old Testament that he's making here, that Peter's making. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 24. But I, I like the way he has it written here. And I want to read that. Ezekiel 18 and 24. Now, notice, same words. We've got two groups. See, how do you know what someone is saying is true? How do you know your own thoughts if they're true? Pick us up, Melvin, in Ezekiel 24, 18 and 24, if you will. But when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed and in his sin that he hath sinned and them shall he die. My God. If a righteous person, if a person who's trying to live right, if a person who's being obedient to the commandments of God, if they turn away and they go back to sinning, they go back to living that old life that somebody told them it's okay. Jesus already paid the price for you. He already died for you. If they were to go back into sin and they die in the sin, look, they won't make it. Look, don't let someone fool you into thinking once saved, always saved. Look, that was once a lie, and it's always a lie. There is no such thing as once saved, always saved. Not according to the book. Not according to these scriptures. You cannot live righteously and say, you know what, God, I've been living righteous for 30 days. 
I've been living holy for 30 years. But now, God, I want to go back and have a little more fun. You better hope you don't die that way. You won't make it because this book declares so. Pick us up, Melvin. Let's keep reading here. Let's keep reading. Yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal and not your ways unequal? You know what? We tell God he's not fair. <laughs> we say, God, God, this, this isn't right. I've served. I, what about all that I did? What about I, I, I at least lived right? Other people didn't do what I did. He said, yeah, maybe they didn't. But you died in sin. See, you don't want to die in sin. That's what it told us. In the last part of verse 24, and in his sin that he has sinned, in them shall he die. You don't want to die in sin. You do not want to die, and God considered you a sinner. So it is a good thing when a person acknowledges, God, I have been messing up, and I need to get better. I need to get right. I need to repent. I need to change. I need help to overcome whatever sin I'm suffering from, whatever problem I'm weak toward. I keep falling in the same trap. God, I need help. It, that's what God will reward. You do not want to die in sin. The sad thing is, so many people are dying in sin every day. And that's what this program is about. This is about life. We're about grace. We're about forgiveness. That's what God is about. But you will not be forgiven if you're not willing to change. You must, you, you better become holier than thou. See, people come up with some stuff, Melvin. <laughs> They'll call you all kind of things. <laughs> They'll call you all kind of things. But if this is what it's going to take, you better change your behavior. So God says, look, after all this, you're going to say God's not fair. You're going to say God is, he's not equal. God isn't right. He's wrong for that. <laughs> Pick us up, Melvin, in verse 26. When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in them, for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. He said it again for the people in the back. See, I hear people say that a lot. <laughs> say it again for the people in the back. He, oh, he's saying it again. For the people in the back, the people outside, the people inside, the people that aren't listening, he's saying it multiple times. And somebody's still not going to listen. You cannot be a righteous person and live in sin. Isn't that what Paul told us in Romans chapter 6? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. It won't work. So don't allow anyone to trick you into thinking 
it's just okay for you to sin. Now, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to hell. That's not what we're saying. What I am saying is you've got to change. That's what God is looking for. See, pick us up. Let's keep reading here. Because God is fair. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and doeth that which is lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive. See, God is fair. He said, if a wicked person, if a sinner person who's living in sin, they know they're doing wrong day after day. If they're willing to repent, if they're willing to change and say, you know what, I'm going to do better. He said, this person shall save his soul alive. You can save yourself. Isn't that what Peter told us in Acts chapter 2? He says, save yourself from this untoward generation. You can't save somebody else. Why? Because you can't stop them from doing what they want to do. But you can stop yourself. So if a sinner changes their ways, they can be saved. If a righteous person changes from righteousness and goes back into sin, look, all of their Righteousness, God won't remember it. He won't honor it. That person will be lost. So, I think we got that pretty clear clear now. I'm hoping we got this clear. There is a difference between the righteous and the unrighteous. The godly and the ungodly. The sinner and the person who is not living in sin. There's a difference. That doesn't mean the righteous person never sins again. That's not what that means. What it means is the righteous person, every day they're actively trying to avoid sin. I believe I used an example one time of when you're on the road driving and they have... Uh, the lines in the street. They have the lines to guide you, to let you know you are in the road. You are following the course. And then they have the little markings on the side of the road to help you wake up. And those are on the side of the road Nobody in their right minds drives over the line and they just run over those uh, little markings, those little grooves and the, the, the car is vibrating and making all this noise. Nobody in their right mind just drives over there. But that's what the sinner does. See, you would think it was crazy to see somebody. If you got in a car with somebody and they drove, you can go to a whole different state if you want. <laughs> If they drove over those lines, <laughs> if they continue to do that the entire trip, you tell them, man, look, pull over. I'm getting a lift. <laughs> I need a taxi. I need an Uber. I got to get out of here, man. <laughs> you would not do it. You would think something's wrong with them. 
You tell them, man, don't you realize you're running out of the road? They say, yeah, I know. <laughs> and they keep doing it. <laughs> this is what it's like to live in sin. You're continually running off the course that God set out of the guidelines, out of the parameters that God set for your life. You're continually, you're continually putting yourself in danger. See, they put those markings on the road to let you know there is a danger if you keep doing this. You're going to run in a ditch. You're going to hit the side of the bridge. You're going to hit something. And you will no longer be able to drive this car. That's what God set his rules for. To guide us. To help us to know there is a danger when we begin to break them. So the difference between the sinner versus the godly person. That sinner continues to drive over the line. On the markings. Whereas... The godly person, the righteous person, the saint, the child of God, that person every now and then, sure, they might run over the line. Look, I don't know a person that drives that never rode over the line. But every person I've met in their right mind, they quickly get themselves back in the lane. They quickly correct themselves and, and realize I don't want to be over there. See, that's the difference between the two. It doesn't mean the righteous person never runs outside of the line. Doesn't mean they never sin again. But as soon as they realize, they quickly jump back in. They're trying to avoid it at all costs. That's the difference. So what we need to help us overcome sin is the Holy Ghost. Pick us up, Melvin. We're going to run to, uh, really quickly, to the book of John, chapter 16 and verse 7. See, we need the Holy Ghost to help us. John, chapter 16 and verse 7. Nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away... The Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now, we have went back to the New Testament. Just want to make sure we're on the same page here. We have went to the New Testament. Jesus is talking here. He's still talking. He has not died. He has not died yet. He's telling his disciples, it is important it is necessary. I have to go away. He's telling them, look, I've got to die. I've got to leave here. But he tells us one important thing here. He says, the comforter, he's going to send us a comforter. He's going to send the Holy Ghost. Now, I went here because I want to especially hit verse 8. Let's see what he said in verse 8, Melvin. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. See, this is what the Holy Ghost is going to do. The Holy Ghost is going to help you stay in the lines. This is what the Holy Ghost is for. The Holy Ghost is to alert you 
when you're running over the line. The same way we have those markings in the road, the Holy Ghost will speak to you. The Holy Ghost will give you an unction. The Holy Ghost will guide you to let you know, look, you're getting out of hand. You're messing up. See, you can still run all over the Holy Ghost. You can choose to ignore the sound if you want. You can, you can choose to ignore God's correction, God's voice, if you want. But the Holy Ghost is to help you. You know, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want help? I know I need help. Look, if anybody out there, if you can help me with something, look, I need the help. I need the help. But sometimes people don't want help. So the Holy Ghost, he said, when the Holy Ghost has come, it'll reprove the world of sin. It'll help you get over sin. It'll help you. God knows we need help. Look, why would God, why would he tell us we must repent of our sins. Now, repentance, see, uh, let me make sure we're clear on a lot of things tonight. See, repentance is more than just saying, I'm sorry. That's not true repentance. That is a part of repentance, but that's not the full thing. Repentance is acting. Repentance is actually changing. See, you can't go anywhere. I had to go and get my tag updated. Even today, I had to go and get my tag updated. See, you can't just show up at the clerk's office and tell them I own this car. You've got to show some actions, show some documentation, show some things that prove you own it. See, God is no different. You can say whatever you want with your mouth, but you have to do some things to prove, God, I'm really sorry. You've got to do some things to prove it. So what God says is, okay, you're saying you're sorry. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do exactly? What are you willing to change? If you are a repetitive liar, what are you willing to do to change that? Will you begin to try to tell the truth? Will you even try? See, that's what God is looking for. There is repentance. There is salvation to every one of us out there if we're willing to change. So now, this is what the Holy Ghost is coming for, to let us know when we're wrong, to help us overcome sin. So the question was asked, how do I know if I have the Holy Ghost? Go to Acts chapter 2, Melvin. Acts chapter 2. We'll pick it up at verse 1. The question was, how do I know? See, a lot of people are going to tell you a lot of things. But every time somebody tells you something, just pull out this book. Just pull this book out and we'll get to the bottom of it. After we all finish sharing our opinion, what I believe, 
what my grandmother said, what my stepnephew said. After we, after you give your dog's opinion, see, I let my dog, I let him put his hand on one side of the Bible. After you finish doing all of that, then we'll open this book up. <laughs> We'll open this book up and see what God has to say because he, he has the last say. He's got the final call. Let's pick it up in verse 1, Melvin. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Now, we have fast-forwarded. See, you, you guys might need to listen to this Bible study a few times. Take your time. Listen to this. Go back and read these scriptures and really pay attention to what the time frame is. See, where, where we just came from in John, Jesus was still alive. Now we have jumped a period of time. It's like watching a movie and you fast forward. Look, we, we love when they came out with DVR, when you could fast forward, when you could rewind. See, we have fast forwarded. Sometimes people jump to their favorite part. You fast forward it now. Jesus is no longer here. He has already died. He has already rose again. He has already left and went to heaven. What he did, though, he told his disciples to go and wait for the Holy Ghost. He said, go and wait for it. So if you go back to chapter one, Acts chapter one, there is 120 people in this room. This same room we're reading, we're, we are reading about, there's 120 people and they're praying. They're waiting for what Jesus instructed them to wait for, the Holy Ghost. So they're all there with one mission, one purpose, one goal. That's to receive the Holy Ghost. And suddenly the Holy Ghost came. Read for us, Melvin, verse two. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Look, I love this. I love this book. And suddenly the Holy Ghost fell. See, they're down there praying. They're all with one accord in one place. And suddenly the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. Drop down to verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the first time we see Jesus' disciples receive the Holy Ghost. Look, they believed in him now. They've believed in Jesus for over three years now. It, look, there's no stronger belief than what they had. Because they seen him. They slept with him. They watched him. They watched him be killed. They watched him rise again. How, surely they, they seen him do things we never seen. Things we have never seen before. Look, many of us, now not all of us, but many of us have never seen someone come back to life. Some of us actually have, but many of us have not. They all watched him raise people from the dead, and then they watched him raise himself. They believed him. 
but they still didn't have the Holy Ghost. Somebody will tell you, all you have to do is believe and you've got the Holy Ghost. That's not what we find in this book. After everybody's done with their opinion, let's pick up this book. So the question is, how do we know we've received the Holy Ghost? Read again for us, Melvin, verse 4, so you will know how the apostle re received the Holy Ghost. And if they received it this way, then why are we not receiving it the same way? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, when they received it, they spoke in tongues. So what's happening to us today? If you have not experienced this same experience they received, they had, if you have not spoken in tongues, you have not yet received it. Now, don't take that and think, I'll never get it. Don't take it that way. That's not why we're having this discussion. You can receive and you will. If you so desire it, if you are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, you'll receive this. There's no doubt about it because God promised it to you. Drop down, drop down in this same chapter. See, this was promised to you. Drop down. Peter tells them to repent. He tells them to be baptized. Pick us up in verse 39 though. Alrighty. 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. See, this is promise to you. If you will harden not your heart, if you would receive and hear his voice, this is promise to you. Somebody's going to reject the promise of God. But you know, even though we've read all of this, we've, we've looked at all of this, somebody's still going to say, I don't believe I have to speak in tongues. Go to Acts chapter 10, Melvin. Let's, let's pick up chapter 10. Maybe someone will hear it after the second time. Maybe, peradventure, somebody might listen to this after the second time. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Now, what we'll find here, now, we, we don't have time to look at all of this in extreme detail, but now, if you still are curious about it, ask. We can cover more of this. I will take my time. We can look at one chapter. Whatever I have to do to help you to see this, I'm willing to do it because I know without a doubt this is truth. This is not what, <laughs> I didn't flip a coin and came up with this. This is what God's word says. So pick us up in verse 44, Melvin. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them which heard the word. Now, Peter, now he has left, we have left chapter two. Peter is now preaching. 
to some people, Gentiles to be exact. I won't get into who that is and why he was there and all of that. But Peter is preaching to some people. And while this man is preaching the word of the, the, the power of God fell in this place. See, if we can just call on the name of God, his power will fall. If we would believe in him, look, we'll see some things we've never seen before. So he's preaching. And the Holy Ghost failed. The Bible says on all them. See, if you go back up in this chapter, and we won't do it. But it'll tell you, look, it's a house full. It is a house full of people. And the Bible has to be true. The Holy Ghost fell on every last one of them that heard this. So drop down to verse 46, because I want to tell you and show you how it happened. Verse 46, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Mm-hmm. So how many times do we have to see this happen? They heard them speak with tongues and look, they praise God. How many times do we have how many times do I have to show you this for somebody to believe it? I've tried so many times. I've tried to show this same very thing to people. And they will read it and still reject it. Look, flip over to Acts chapter 19. See, I'm going to show you again. And I'll see, will you believe it this time? See, I know somebody out there accepts it. But I'm talking to the one who just won't. Hear this. I hope to God you change. I hope to God, because if you don't, this is your soul at stake. This is your soul at stake. See, the word of God tells us, if you die this way, you'll be none of his. You don't want to die without experiencing this, without making sure you have received the Holy Ghost. You don't want to die this way. And I don't want you to die this way. You have an opportunity tonight to seek God, to learn of this. Search the scriptures. It's here. So now we fast forward. This is the last passage of scriptures that I intend to get unless... Somebody asks something that I have to go somewhere else. And that'll be okay if you do. So now we fast forward to Acts chapter 19. Paul, he has now arrived. Paul has now become the 12th apostle, taking Judas's place. He goes down and he's preaching. Pick us up in verse 1, Melvin. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. Paul came to people now and he found some disciples. See, look at these scriptures very closely. He found some people who already believed in God. He did. Look at the question he asked. Pick us up in that next verse, Melvin. He said unto them, 
Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? See, don't get mad at me because I asked you this question. Paul asked this question to disciples. I've had people get upset. But I realized later why he asked this question. See, the Holy Ghost is not just given because you believe. You can believe and still not have the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean you're not a good person. That doesn't mean you're not on your way to salvation. That doesn't mean any of that. We all start out without the Holy Ghost. Peter and the rest of the apostles didn't. They didn't have it. James didn't have it. John didn't have it. Matthew did not have it. Anyone we're reading about, they did not have it at first. So Paul, even though these people were disciples, the first question he asked, said, have you guys received the Holy Ghost yet? Have you received it? Now they responded to him by letting him know, look, we never even heard of it. We don't even know what you're talking about. Drop down, Melvin, for the sake of time, to verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. So once they, once Paul determined they didn't have the Holy Ghost, he said, Well, how did you get baptized? See, your baptism in water and receiving of the Holy Ghost, look, they matter. Don't let anyone trick you. They matter. You must do both. And you must make sure you have did both according to God's standard. Our salvation is at stake here. Save yourself. You can't save everybody else. You know, many times when we start talking about these things, people start picking up people who are deceased, great-grandparents. Look, we're not dealing with somebody's great-grandparents. Look, my great-grandparents, many of them are dead and gone as well. It's not about that. It's about us. All you can control is you. So let's pick up. Let's pick up verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They got rebaptized. Got rebaptized the correct way. See, many people are getting baptized the incorrect way today. Let's keep reading, though, Mel. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Look, three times the charm. How many times do we have to read this? How many times do we have to show that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues as the Spirit gives you utterance? See, if, if a person says, I've never spoken in tongues, the person has never received the Holy Ghost. Haven't received it yet. That doesn't mean you can't, though. You can. But do you want it? Do you desire it? So may God bless you. May God continue to uh, cause you to, to, to want to find out 
cause you to become curious about this, to know what's right and what's not. So may God bless you guys again. And um, continue to ask questions, continue to seek these answers because it's important. It is so very important. So at this time, I will turn it back into the hands of Melvin. I truly appreciate you guys. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Minister Banks. Um, There were a couple of comments that I missed um, at the very beginning of the live stream. Along with David, we had Casey and Kim they commented and said that um, they couldn't hear hear you, Tony, at first. And so um, I appreciate you guys for letting us know because I can hear him. Like, I could still hear him at the beginning. So we would have gone through the whole Bible study and you would have only heard me reading the verses. <laughs> so we appreciate you um, for letting us know. Um, Kim commented, greetings in the name of Jesus to all. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And yes, he is. And his mercy endures forever. Um, Praise the Lord to you. Thank you for tuning in. And I think Sister Rosie commented, she says, praise the Lord. And also Kiara says, praise the Lord. Everybody, uh, Casey and Kim both says great lesson and awesome lesson. So I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. Uh, We have a few other um, comments. I guess this is um, Larry Wanda saying what the word of God says and repenting, asking for help to change, and also godly sorrow. So I'm guessing those are responses when um, Tony was talking about repentance and what does it mean? What is, what is repentance? Is it just saying sorry? Um, but it is not. We actually have to make a change. And as Larry Wanda said, be godly sorry. And I also linked the Bible study that we had called What is Repentance? If anybody has any further questions. So feel free to go and listen to that and ask other questions. And I think that is all of the comments for right now. Um, Tony, you mentioned uh, an example of staying in the lines on the highway earlier. And um, I wanted to bring in another example. You mentioned it a while ago, but uh, we can talk about Steph Curry. Every three-pointer or every shot, rather, he tries to, he shoots, he tries to make, you know, uh, and that should be us. And, you know, every day, every chance we get, we should make the choice of not sinning. You know, just imagine us being on the basketball court. We're not going to try to miss. And I'll bring in another person. (laughs) You can look at Shaq. He was not a very good shooter. But that did not stop him from trying to make every shot because I know how we are, um, how we can be as humans. You know, we may try to do right and say, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm I'm only good at sinning, so I'm not even going to try it anymore. I remember um, when I first got rid of all of my other music that I listened to and tried to do gospel, it took me three times. Um, The first time, like, "This, this is not getting it. Where's my bass? Where's this? Where's that? The second time, the same thing. But I kept trying and I noticed, hey, I don't need this other music because it, it just kept putting the wrong spirit in me, made me want to do things that is un, that are ungodly. So even if we're not good at it, at first, we have to keep trying. We have to keep trying to do right. Uh, we need to be, to be baptized in the name of Jesus and, feel, and get filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. Um, so I think those are all of our comments. So um, thank you, David, Casey, Kim, Sister Rosie, Kiara, Larry, Wanda. Um, I think I got everybody. 
So we appreciate the interaction. As my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Counted all joy, counted all joy. And one more time for the people in the back, counted all joy. Again, there's reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. If the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. So until then, you guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend and a happy new year. This is the last live stream Bible study of 2023. And it seems like it's only been yesterday when we were doing the first. So you guys have a, a happy, blessed, and safe weekend and New Year's. And hopefully we'll see you in the Zoom study on New Year's Day. So thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is dollar sign Joystorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm.